Wine and Shine Podcast, Episode 15. I think what works for one person does not necessarily work for another. And I also think that even in our own like unique lives, that in different seasons of our lives, our bodies also need different things. I'm Nina. And I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hey, Wine and Shiners. So today on the podcast, we are interviewing Simi Bodich. She is an intuitive, holistic health coach here in the Columbus area. She is just a super sweet person inside and out. Um, I know she teaches bar class here in Columbus, and she is just really living to help women learn how to nourish and nurture themselves and to feel confident and radiant in their bodies. And we are just so excited to talk to her and pick her brain um, because me and Liz personally have things that we're working through in our own lives. And I just know that Simi will have a lot of insight for both us and you guys as the listeners. So, um, like I always say, every interview, here it comes. Without further ado, <laughs> here's our interview with Simi. <laughs> So, hey, Simi, we are super excited to have you on the podcast today. I feel like I've been wanting to talk to you for months. I am so excited to be on here with you guys. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. So, Liz, I feel like I have to tell our listeners the funny story about me wanting to interview Simi. About when we were on the car break, when my car broke down? Yeah. <laughs> and like this, and I think you kind of know this because I told you when I messaged you, Simi. Yes, yes, this is a good story. You should totally share. I'm just going to share it really quick just so that they have a little background. Well, first, first of all, even before our broken down car ride episode, Liz, I was listening to Katie Dobout's podcast and you were on her podcast and it was like right after, now I can't remember if it was like right after you had, is it Osh, Aliosha? Is that how we say his name? Yeah. That's exactly how we say it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't remember if it was right after you had him or before, but you were talking about your pregnancy story. Mm-hmm. And um, I just really loved your guys' conversation. It reminded me a lot of Liz and I. And I was like, Liz, you got to yes. listen to these girls talk. I'd heard this for several weeks. Like, you got to listen to this to me episode. <laughs> you got to. And so finally, we got the opportunity to together. Yeah. And when we're together, disaster always happens. So yeah, it's fine. For some reason. So we're listening to your guys' episode in the car and like taking notes and, and just chatting away about all of the topics you two are discussing in the episode. But also like sometimes we get like church about it and we're like, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Hallelujah. <laughs> like, but that's kind of what we were doing. Every time you guys would say something, we were like applauding. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the car starts making this unrealistic sound. Like, what is happening? The car is breaking down. We find out we have a flat tire. And that was kind of that. And well, then a police officer listened, came. Yeah, we finished listening to the episode while the police officer yeah. changed the tire. So. It was a good time. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I'm so <laughs> glad I got to, like, I am so glad I got to keep you guys company while you, <laughs> you were, did. While Thank we were getting you. your tire changed. <laughs> we appreciated it too. But the other kind of more creepy side of the story is I had gotten on Facebook later and I was like, I need to find Simi because I wanted to check out your um, health coaching. And when mm-hmm. I found you on Facebook, I realized we had a mutual friend and I was like oh my gosh Liz this girl lives in Columbus she's friends with my friend Emily like I got so overly excited about it um and that's when I was like I have to get her on the podcast this would be so fun (laughs) and then we literally like had dinner together like a few weeks later when Emily was in town it was so perfect I know it's kind of funny how the universe works out like that it is. I'm I'm so glad it, it brought us together. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. Hey. Well, okay, so we have our first question here. Um, I know that me and Liz know a little bit just from reading your blog and um, listening to you on some other podcasts about your wellness journey, but would you mind mm-hmm. kind of sharing with our audience how you became a health coach and what kind of led you towards this lifestyle? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, so growing up, I... I kind of always felt uncomfortable in my body. Like I was like the chubby, unathletic, um, unathletic friend, which I know like a lot of women can relate to that. 
just pointed to the two of us. We both (laughs) just shared a mutual glance when you said that. Yes. Well, I, then we can all relate in that feeling and it, it sort of followed me, um, through really like throughout my life. And so because of, because of that feeling, I found myself drawn to diets like really early on. I wanted to, I would want to try and lose weight. So I would, um, calorie count or try different cleanses or detoxes or, you know, whatever it might be. And that was, that was an experience that I had like over many years, like a lot of different diets. And then because of the dieting and restricting, I found myself struggling with binge eating. So after dieting and restricting for some time, I would end up binging. And, you know, sometimes there would be like long periods in between and sometimes there would be tiny short periods in between. Um, I got really into exercising again, like for that same reason, I started running, got into marathon running, um, and was just really on this constant quest, um, to lose weight because I think there was a part deep down inside of me where I believed that if I could lose weight, if I could just be more like quote unquote naturally thin, um, and wasn't like the chubby, the chubby one that I would, um, be more lovable. And like, Mm. that's really what it came down to just wanting to love myself, feeling like, Oh, if I lost weight, I'd be able to love myself, but also just feeling like, Oh, I, if I lost weight, like I would also be more desirable to the world. And so, um, really struggled with that, uh, disordered eating for a long time. And then when I, went to law school. So it sort of like followed me all throughout high school and undergrad. And then when I got to law school, it was such an intense, like regimented environment that that was really like when my relationship with food like got the most destructive and Mm. it got the worst because I, um, I suffered from orthorexia in law school was like being incredibly restrictive and strict about everything that I put into my body was training for a marathon. Um, and also at the same time got diagnosed with celiac disease. So an autoimmune disease that, um, where my body can't handle and process gluten, it attacks itself when I eat it. So it was also, it was like this perfect storm of stuff. And I had this very socially acceptable excuse to not eat certain things or to not go to certain restaurants. And so mm. it it was almost like the, all of a sudden, like I had my reason to behave to, the way that I was behaving. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That's a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it really was. And so, um, that I, that was going on. And then when I graduated from law school, I went to law school in Chicago and I moved back to Columbus to practice law here. And I, um, it, it was almost like my body just started rebelling against all the restriction and whether I was binge eating or not, no matter how much I restricted or how much I ran or anything, like my body just started to, to gain weight and mm-hmm. I had like a bunch of hormonal imbalances and then got, got married. And on our honeymoon, I just sort of had this like emotional breakdown on our honeymoon where I was crying and I was like, I hate my body. Like, I feel so gross. I feel terrible. My husband was like, this is not like how it's supposed to be. Like, I don't see the things you're seeing. Like, I really think something is wrong. And so when we came back from our honeymoon, um, I found a health coach and I met with this health coach. And that was really like the start of turning around my relationship with food. She really helped me learn how to listen to my body, take a more intuitive, um, gentle, loving, like nurturing approach to how I took care of myself. And um, yeah, so that, that was like my personal, like food body journey. And once I started working on my own relationship with food and really getting to a healthy, happy place and listening to my intuition more around like what my body needed, it just sort of naturally like seeped into other areas of my life, including my career. And I realized that practicing law really didn't make me happy. And I had this desire to help other women who had similar struggles like I had. Um, And so I went back to school, uh, became a health coach. And then two years ago, left my law practice to start my own business. So that's, I I don't know if that's like too much detail. I hope I didn't give you guys too much detail. I just got goosebumps. That's the trajectory. (laughs) I seriously got goosebumps during part of that story. Just how like 
your whole body shuts down when it's nose, something isn't right. And then how you said it just like crept into other, like when you started getting the help that you needed, all of these other factors started coming together. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just the dieting and it wasn't just the body image. It was- Because they're all connected. Yeah. I mean, they're so connected. Absolutely. So one I, thing- I so believe that, that they're all, like that it's all interconnected and it's really like not about food at all. It's about like other things. Yep. And it just gets like, it gets projected onto the relationship with food or our relationship with our bodies. Whatever our insecurity is, we think that's the problem, but then really it's like this this whole bigger picture. I love that. Mm-hmm. No, so one thing I'm curious about is, so when you said that your your whole belief system of you feeling like if you didn't look a certain way that you couldn't be loved, and it's so weird that you say that because like that's exactly like I was on the treadmill recently, like listening to a podcast and she was talking about something similar. And I was like, that's me. Like, it was just like an epiphany. I was Mm -hmm. like, that is, has been my problem. Like my whole life. I got like, all of a sudden, it was just very clear to me, like the path my life had taken and, and what had brought me there. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I'm in this kind of weird place where like, I know that that's the, like, I didn't have a big thing happen for me to realize that in a horrible way. Like, I just am like, oh, this is a problem. How do I fix it? So in in talking with you about, you know, your body image, like I try to think about giving myself more self-love and like having grace for myself. And then I think about me like looking in the mirror without a shirt on and being like, yeah, you look great. And it just seems like so, like, I don't even know how I could do that. So what would you suggest like mm-hmm. are good starting points? Because I, I would love to get to the point, and I know a lot of listeners of ours would love to get to the point where they can truly look at themselves um, and see, you know, how beautiful they are both physically and spiritually, emotionally, you know, all that they have to give. But it's it's kind of hard to just get there. Get there <laughs> Even if you realize yeah. there's a problem and that you need to do it, you know? Totally. Well, first, thank you so much for, for sharing that. Um, for sharing with your experience, because I am sure that that's going to just catch like so many listeners. And like, I feel like that vulnerability is just really incredible. So thank you so much for for sharing that. And just like for, for trusting me with your story. I really appreciate that. Um, I know what you mean when it's like, how am I ever going to look in the mirror and be like, Oh, like look at myself like in a brown underwear and be like, you look so good. And I, I almost feel like that's like a misconception of what like loving yourself and feeling comfortable like in your skin actually looks like. Like I don't stand, I personally don't like stand around like naked in front of a mirror. Like for me, you look so good. Like, <laughs> you are rocking today. Um, it's not, I don't like say, I don't think I look bad. It's, it's weird. It's like, I almost don't think that much about how I look at all. Hmm. I just try to, I try to connect with the fact that I am, I'm a human being that needs love Mm -hmm. and communication and nurturing and support and honesty and like all of these like deep, like these deep needs. And I try to operate from the place of believing that I'm worthy of those things and giving myself those things on a regular basis and just taking care of myself. Yes, my physical body, but like thinking about myself as like more than just a physical body, you know, so thinking about like, well, what do, what do I need like emotionally? Like, what do I need mentally? What do I need socially? Like, do I need to connect with people? Do, and that was like one of the biggest shifts that happened on my like on my journey was rather than just thinking about myself, like as a physical thing where before I was so focused on like fixing my body that I wasn't looking at like what was really the problem, which was like, I had emotional needs that Mm -hmm. were not being met. Like I had needs that were not being met because all of my time and energy and focus was going into like trying to perfect like the outer part. And so instead I just really try and focus on now, like my whole self like more than just the physical, asking what I need um, and giving myself that and just like really being gentle and compassionate with myself. And I feel like it's that like gentleness and compassion that has helped me to feel really comfortable and confident in my own skin. And I mean, I, I feel beautiful and I feel attractive and I feel healthy, but I don't like obsess that I don't know, like obsess over my body. I'm sure if I stood in front of the mirror naked, like I could find things about myself to pick apart. Always. But yeah. I just like don't, yeah, I don't like, I don't 
go there. Like I, I have a different relationship with myself than that, than that now. And so I, I do, I do like tell myself that, you know, like I'm loved and I'm enough and I have important work to do um, in this world and that I deserve to feel connected to myself and connected to other people and that I deserve to be like well cared for. But I don't like stand in the mirror and I'm not like, you are a Victoria's Secret model. (laughs) So I don't know if that is helpful. No, it is because we had another guest say recently, um, it, it, just the way she phrased it really struck me that um, she's really into fitness. And she said for her, it's more of just like taking care of herself and exercising and Mm -hmm. eating right and doing all the right things. And then the body kind of follows. She said one day she looked in the mirror and she just had abs. And me and Liz were like, well, we don't know if that's ever going to happen to us, (laughs) but um, that's amazing. (laughs) So, I mean, it's kind of the same principle. Like that you would just start taking care of yourself and giving yourself love and fixing some of those underlying emotional or mental needs, you know, other things that would, would work towards a better body too. And then it's not looking in the mirror one day and saying, oh, I have abs, but it's looking in the mirror and saying like, yeah, you're a person, you exist, here's your body you look great. Totally. <laughs> totally. And just, and feeling like, oh, I can say yes to the things I want to say yes to, like in my life. Like I'm free to do that without feeling held back because I think like I'm not skinny enough or something like that. And, but I know exactly what you mean about like the physicality, like following like the internal shift. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I can say that right now, like in my body, I feel the most confident, the most comfortable, like the most at home that I ever have. And I had a baby four months ago. And like, I never would have thought that like, you know, that I would be able to say that, but I really think it's because like the more connected to myself I am, the better care of myself I'm taking, the more comfortable I feel in my own skin. Um, And that's been really, that's been really, really true for me. And also like not setting unrealistic expectations for ourselves. Like I'm never going to look like an Olsen twin. That's not Mm -hmm. my body type. Like that's not that's not like my body structure. And so along the way I had to let go of, un. I had to decide like, okay, I want to be, I want to be a healthy human being and being a healthy human being means letting go of unhealthy expectations for myself. Do you think it was sort of a thought process change? Like, was there anything that you did specifically to kind of lead you to this change of heart or change of mind that our listeners or that we can start putting into practice? But I think for me, um, two huge shifts happened that really helped me. And there are things that I still practice today that I think continue to help me because even though I, even though I feel really comfortable in my body and like really connected to myself, I'm still on a journey too, right? Like it's not always going to look like this. I'm changing. And, Mm -hmm. and so I have to constantly like be doing this work in my own life. But the two big things are first kind of taking our mind away from how do I look and like trying to set goals that are going to alter the way that like the way that we look. So for me, it was like, I had to stop trying to lose weight. Like I had to be like, okay, losing weight is no longer my goal. Instead, what I'm going to focus on is how do I want to feel in my body? Like I had to imagine, what do I think I'm going to feel when I lose weight? Like, what is this magical thing that I'm seeking? Like, what will that feeling be? And connect with that feeling. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. And so then make choices that help me to feel more that way. So like, and and how I want to feel is always changing. Like right now, I, I really like craving to feel really peaceful and really present in my life. And so I'm making choices every single day from like how I'm, how I'm like interacting with food, like how I'm nourishing my body, how I'm moving my body to like how I'm engaging with friends or family members, how like all of those things, I'm making those choices every single day. So I'm getting like little doses of that feeling that I'm like really desiring and then that grows. So I would say connecting with how you want to feel and then making choices to bring you closer to that feeling is the first like really helpful thing that I did. And then the second thing was just learning how to be compassionate with myself 
and talk to myself like I would any other human being mm-hmm. in the entire world rather than like, you know, I'm some kind of monster or something. It right? is really helpful. I've found in, in myself too, that when I'm struggling with something, I imagine my friend struggling with something or mm-hmm. struggling with that same thing. And then what would I tell that person? And somehow that kind of gets me outside of myself because a lot of the things I say to myself, if if Liz, if you were saying that to yourself, would not be friends. I would not be supporting that, you know? <laughs> totally. I, yeah, totally. that makes so much sense. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I mean, I feel like self-compassion goes so, so, so far. It's the one yeah. thing that's helped me the most, I think, in my journey as well. And I'm not anywhere near where I want to be. But just switching my brain to think a little bit kinder towards myself has been a true game changer. Well, and then I think it changes, like, the reaction to, like, the way that you're talking to yourself, too. Like, I found a lot of my, like, a lot of, like, my binges um, would come because I would be... Like, I would be so mean to myself that I feel so uncomfortable that I would want to escape that discomfort. And, like, for me, a lot of times, like, a food binge would be a way to, like, check out or yeah. just, like, have, like, it's like okay, oh, I just want a little bit of, like, pleasure or a little bit of fun or I just want to zone out. Like, I will, you know, eat this entire tray of brownies, brownies or whatever it was. And it's, like, a lot of times the discomfort was caused because rather than practicing self-compassion, I was like beating myself mm-hmm. up if I had just been kind to myself and let myself process through like whatever difficult thing was going on or, you know, whatever the emotion was. If I had just like worked through that, I wouldn't have then like moved on to destructive behavior. I think recognizing those patterns is so important because yep. when you do that, you can really get ahead of whatever the issue you're facing is. You know, when you can b- mm-hmm. identify those triggers and, you know, just be more, more proactive in how you handle the situation. I think that's awesome to look for those kind of checkpoints. Yeah, I completely agree. On another note, like another issue that I know me and Liz particularly struggle with, like... Un- me more so than you probably, Well, maybe. I've got, I've made strides this, in the past couple years, really, to, to nix this. I'm thinking about the girl at the gym. Oh yeah, me too. I know. Um, the, we'll tell that story yeah. in, in a moment. But we struggle with saying no. So prioritizing our own self-care mm-hmm. time and um, not worrying about what other people expect us to do. I know work-related for me, that's when I get tied up in it the most. Like, what do these parents want me to do? What does my principal want me to do? What do these kids need from me to do? And it can really emotionally and physically exhaust me. Mm-hmm. And Liz, I know you're a people pleaser to the max. Yeah. Like socially, I'm also very yes. bad with it. Um, just, you know, I, I think of how much people's friendship means to me. And like, I wish I could devote 100% of my time to seeing everyone and having those experiences. And so I feel bad. I feel like I'm not as good of a friend. And so I, it really gets me, it gets me at work too, but it also gets me socially. Um, I'm pretty good at telling the people closest to me know, like my husband and like closest of friends. I'm like, I'll tell you, Nina, all the time. Like, mm, I'm wearing sweats, so I don't really want to see you. So right, and for me, it's not a big deal. She can tell me anything, but when it comes to other people, it's it's difficult for you because yeah. you worry what they're going to say or what they're going to think, and you do it socially, and I seem to do it with work. Mm-hmm. So do you have, I don't know, do you struggle with that same thing? I feel like I was listening to a podcast where you talked about that being something that you had to work um, work through as well. Yes, I was like, I can just, I'm like nodding my head to everything. <laughs> I'm like, yes, 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 yes. I, um, I was such a people pleaser to the point where like I went, I mean, I went to law school because I didn't like really know what I wanted to do, but I knew it would make, I was like, my dad's going to be so happy. Like I'll mm-hmm. go to law school. And so I can like really relate to the people pleasing thing. So for me, I wasn't able to get, it, it's still like, it, I still have the urge sometimes, <laughs> but now I'm like, okay, talk yourself like off this ledge. I still have the urge to say like, yes, Mm-hmm. things or no to things or whatever because of like a belief of what people will think of me but for me I identified like I did a lot of work around like what was my like core fear and my core fear in life is fear of rejection so I like as basically like everything that I am like scared of or anxious about like comes 
you know, comes back to that. Like even from wanting to like lose weight to be more lovable, it's like, I just don't want to be rejected, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when you guys are talking about how it's like easier to tell the people that you love the most, no, I also had, I also felt that way. And I think it's because I felt more secure in those relationships. I was like, these mm. people won't reject me. Like if I'm honest about That's it. That's so like, true. It is. It is because uh-huh. you know that they're going to love you no matter what. They have to. They're your mom or whoever. Yeah. <laughs> or your best totally. friend. Exactly. <laughs> so I can really, really, I can so relate to that. And for me, like once I identified my core fear, I was like, all right, well, then like doing work on my relationship with myself and realizing like I am enough and I am lovable and I don't need to like change anything about me for that. And then it's like, okay, once I was connecting with myself more and understood that I really like only want people close to me who are going to like, who are going to support Yes. Me and who are going to support what's right for me. And so it made me realize like, if I, if saying no to something is really like what is right for me and someone doesn't understand, like someone rejects me because of that, they're not supposed to be like in my life anyway. Now I'm nodding and- like crazy because that's the same thing. I was, tr- I tried to tell Liz all the time with the friend situation. It's like, if they can't mm-hmm. accept that you don't want to do something or that like, I don't know, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. then they're not really a, tr- a true friend to you. Yeah, I think I've unfortunately, my philosophy in friendships for a long time has been quantity over quality. Like mm-hmm. it makes me feel good if I have a lot of people in my life, which it's, I mean, I love that I have a lot of people in my life, but um, sometimes the quality of those relationships, thats I run into problems like that because it's just like people collecting. <laughs> That sounds awful. Well, but. And like with friends. No, no, it makes sense. I was going to say, and like with friends for me, I don't really have a problem. We should probably tell the gym story oh, yeah. since we introduced it. <laughs> we were at the gym. This was like a year ago or yeah. so. And there was a, a girl at the gym that wanted to be me and Liz's friend. And you kind of know how that goes where you you just oh find gosh, somebody like that so cute. <laughs> wants to be your friend. And so Liz is doing this thing where she engages like full in engages in conversation. And I know that she's not ready to make a new best friend. Like we've had this discussion. Mm -hmm. It's time. She's ready to almost like get rid of friends. If you know what I mean, that sounds harsh, but yeah. (laughs) And I am just kind. And I know like I'm putting up my block. Like I don't want to get too involved. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I don't want to engage in conversation where I have to like go out to dinner next week. I'm like chatting it up and Nina's like staring at her shoes. Like I could tell she was just like, I'm not about this. (laughs) And I knew from our conversations, I was like, she's so good at practicing this. I'm so bad. But, but for some reason, when it comes to friendships, I feel exactly the way that you do to me. It's like, if, if I'm ready for that, then I'm going to take in all the friends I need. But if there's somebody that I'm just not jiving with, if I don't feel like is going to, it sounds rude. Yeah. Exactly. I don't need to bring people in my life that I I don't want to. But when it comes to work, I spin my wheels if I'm afraid I hurt somebody's feelings or if I didn't do something that somebody wanted me to do. And it's a challenge for me. It is it is such a challenge. I I feel like I try and take the same philosophy like into into my work. And granted, it's slightly different because I like I work for myself, so I don't have a I don't have a boss. But mm-hmm. like if I'm having if I'm having like a consultation with a new client, I like, I don't put any pressure on myself to like for that client to sign up. I'm not like, okay, you like, you need to do a really good job. This client needs mm-hmm. to sign up. I'm just like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to hold space for this person. And I'm going to, I'm going to say a prayer that like, if we are meant to do work together, that whatever, like that, that will, that that will happen. And if we're not, then I'll say thank you like to God for not letting this person sign up with me because apparently like we were not supposed to do work together. And it's like in those kinds of things, I just try and trust in like every little moment of my life, like whether it's a friendship or whether it's like telling someone like, no, I'm sorry. Like I can't go to get like a glass of wine with you or Mm -hmm. whether it's like, you know, something with work, um, like setting up boundaries, whatever it might be. I just, I just try to remind myself that even like doors closing or even things not working out the way that I like 
wouldn't want them to because of pride or ego or fear or whatever it might be, that that is still things working out the way that they're supposed to. If I show up and am like my authentic self and am kind, you know, I mean, it's different. Like, I don't think either one of you guys is like being like an asshole. Right. You know, clearly like (laughs) very kind, wonderful people, you know, like you're, you're very sweet. So I, I mean, like I tell myself, I'm like, if you are being kind, if you are being authentic, and you're being honest, and the honest answer is that this doesn't work for you. Like you have done nothing wrong mm-hmm. by like honoring yourself by saying that. And that doesn't mean that I don't have trouble saying that sometimes. I do. And I just have to tell myself, like, look, you need to just say what's right for you. And even though this is hard, like it's gonna be okay. And if for some reason that person has some kind of like judgment or ill feeling towards you, that really has more to do with stuff that they need to work out in their own life than you. Yeah. I really quickly just want to pick up on something you had mentioned. Um, Do you guys ever get this feeling, this this sense of relief feeling? Do you guys know what I mean? Where like something in your body just feels like, oh, that just makes me feel so much better. Yeah. So when you said the thing about everything's supposed to work out the way that it's meant to, that's something that I've personally been trying to put into practice. And it gives me that relief feeling. Like when you just said that, It was like, Mm -hmm. if you just think about if a situation happened and it wasn't what you wanted or it was negative or whatever the case may be, if you just frame it that that was meant to happen to make you better or that whatever reason it happened was to, for your benefit, then you stop, I don't know, over It takes the pressure off. Absolutely. Yeah. It just makes me feel so good to to think that the universe has my back. You love the universe. I got to throw that in. I got to throw it in. I love it. I love it. A little Gabby, a little Gabby reference. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, I love that book by the way, but also I, um, love the quote and it's not my quote, but I love it where it's like rejection is protection. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so true. And so whenever like I'm experiencing some kind of rejection, whatever it might be, I'm always just like rejection is protection. This is a good thing. Like this is protecting you from something. I'm going to have to steal that. Yeah, like you, please do. It's not mine. You're not doing it. I, mean, <laughs> I wish I could like credit the person who said it, but I don't know. It's just like floating around. Whoever like, you like, are, we appreciate. <laughs> so I think so far we've talked a lot about like belief systems, ideas. And as a health coach, um, I'm sure you work with a lot of women in particular. So what is one thing that you wish, like a belief or a value that you wish more women would feel about themselves? Hmm. There's one thing that I wish women would feel about themselves. Or is there a main theme that seems to come up as you talk to so many women and coach so many women that you wish, I don't know, you would just see or hope that all of us seem to get eventually? Yeah, I think, I think like the first thing that's coming to my mind is that I really wish that, I really wish that every woman knew that her worth was not that like she has inherent worth. Mm -hmm. So like nothing that she does is going to take that away from her. Right. Like if she loses later games weight or like wears a certain size or whatever it might be. But like the reason why I think knowing your inherent worth is so important is because I, I really feel like women have, I just think like women are incredible and they have so many important things to do and so it's like if they if each of us could just connect with our inherent worth mm-hmm. and know that we like we already were worthy and already were enough, I feel like we would be able to say yes to a lot more of our passions and desires and be a lot more proactive in our own lives rather than feeling held back or like we need to wait to check a certain box to do the things that are important. That's so true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. And it feels like it takes, it feels like it takes a lot of us so long to get to that point. And from experience with myself and with my friends, it seems like our 20s are that transitional stage where all of us are figuring that out. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, personally for me, now that I'm turning 28 soon, it's like I'm now getting to that point where all of these things you're discussing I'm putting into practice. And I'm like, why didn't I do that years ago? But I feel like we have to go through this rut of not knowing who you are to then get to the other side and see what's waiting for us. 
Totally. And I mean, honestly, I feel like having that experience like in your twenties is, I mean, I would love for everyone to like know that always, Mm -hmm. but having that experience in your twenties is pretty incredible because I, I work with women like from basically ages like 22 up to like, I, I mean, I've had clients in their sixties and there are women in their sixties who are figuring these things out. So like, I think it's awesome that, that you're having that experience in your twenties and that like so many of your friends are. And I like wish that for everyone, but I do think that there are a lot of people who struggle with it, um, with it a lot longer. And it Mm -hmm. almost feels like there's this epidemic of women, like not feeling connected to themselves and not feeling like they're enough and not feeling like they're lovable and feeling like they constantly need to be fixing themselves. And I, it just makes me so sad because the women who I talk to are so freaking incredible. Yeah. I'm just like, no, you're literally um, like, you are amazing. Like you could do all of the things that you're telling me that like you want to do right now and you would rock at them. And so just like wanting them to, to know that like already wanting them to know that like 10 years ago or 20 years ago or, you know, yeah. whatever it is so that they don't have to, so that they don't have to miss out on, mm-hmm. on special, on special moments. We're all just holding ourselves back and we need something just to show us that we we had it in us the whole time. Yeah, because think of mm-hmm. like from even like what women could do politically, what women yep. could do socially, if if that whole like giant middle step of not believing you're worth anything was just cut out mm-hmm. and you just knew you were and were ready to get to work. Well, and that's why I feel totally. like there needs to be people like, like you, Simi, doing this health coaching and people who are doing podcasts and people who are writing blogs. I mean, I just started getting into this whole blogger world and reading all of these women's stories. And it's like, it's what has helped me so much in realizing that I'm not alone. And Liz, you're not Mm -hmm. alone. And everybody just needs to share their stories and be vulnerable because we're all going through the same thing. We just need to figure it out earlier than just beating beating ourselves up for years, you know? It's it's so, so true. And I... Like when you were talking about when you guys were talking about like political and social things, like all these like really like big things that women could do, I I believe that so much. But I, like even on a smaller scale, like I see, like I have a lot of women come to me and say things like, "Oh man, I just want to be able to like have sex with my husband and mm-hmm. not be like thinking the whole time about like how like disgusting my body is," or oh, I just want to be able to go on vacation and enjoy a vacation like with my kids without obsessing over food. Yeah. Or just I live just, life. Like, wanna, yeah. Right, totally. Like I just want to be able to go out and like have a drink with a friend. But like I feel like I need to go to the gym for two hours after mm. work every single day or like I'm, you know, never going to be like attractive enough or whatever it is. And so I, I like, yes, on the big scale, totally. I'm like... <laughs> like fist bumping you over here but also like on the smaller scale just being able to be like present in your own life and not feel like you have to spend every free minute of your time like trying to fix your body but you can actually like have interests and one of the like one of the first things I do with a client is just like an exercise to find out like the areas in their in their lives like where they feel like um they need like the most attention and so many women like joy comes up and they're just like my, I would rate joy like really, really low. Like my joy is really low. And they're like, I have a lot of amazing things in my life, but I can't enjoy them because I'm so uncomfortable like in my own body. It's like, I'm almost speechless because I can completely relate to that. Like where you just, there are so many things that you know inside of you. You have so many passions. There are so many things you want to do, but whatever your insecurity is, it's just holding you back and you just need mm-hmm. to overcome that so that you can start living the life you're meant to live. It's it's so, so true. And like right now I'm having this really like interesting experience with, with um, Osh. He's four months. So obviously like a pretty little baby. And I'm, I thought so many times, like how if this had happened like five years ago that these four months would have been a completely different experience because mm-hmm. I would have felt so much pressure to be like 
about my body and like the physicalness of it, where I don't think I would have been like really like present with him Mm -hmm. and just like being able to say like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take like two bar classes a week. And then like the rest of the time, just take walks with him and be like with him and like, you know, enjoy that time. I would have been like, no, I need to be working out like every single day. And I need to be like measuring my food or counting calories or, you know, and then as friends are like bringing over meals, I, I can't eat that. I don't know what's in it. Mm, yeah. um, like that would have been like my experience five years ago. And now I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. I don't have to cook. Like, thank you for bringing me food over. And oh, I would rather just be like in bed snuggling with him or, you know, taking a walk with him than like, you know, like beating myself up to work out to, you know, make my body look some way that like I imagine it's supposed to look like or whatever. And so it's just felt really nice to be able to be super present with him and soak up this time, like as a, like as a mom in like the early stages of his life and to feel really connected with him and just to feel really comfortable with my body. And so even moments like that, it's like, I am so, I'm so grateful for like my journey and all the work that I, that I've done, because I feel like I am able to have this really just incredible, um, this like incredible experience with him. And I, I have loved this time so much, not because everything's perfect, but just because I, I feel like I'm not worrying and obsessing about a lot of the things that, you know, I would have been worrying and obsessing about if this had happened, like, four or five years ago. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason and in its own time when it's supposed to. We just talked about that today. Yeah. Um, Totally. Going off of what you just discussed with how you are doing two bar classes a week now and walking and that you're not worrying as much about your food. What is your philosophy around just, I don't like the word diet, but about around food and um, nutrition. Yeah. And, and working out. Like, what do you tell your women or what, what do you believe around those topics? So first, like most basic thing, I, I believe that we're all unique. So I don't think that it's like a one size fits all like formula, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like, this is what you should eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I tell all my clients this, and this is what you should do because mm-hmm. we're all really different. I think like some people like thrive eating like tons of meat and like red meat and some people like do really well eating dairy and other people like those things would be really upsetting to their stomach and like that's just one example but basically like I think what works for one person does not necessarily work for another and I also think that even in our own like unique lives that in different seasons of our lives our bodies also need different things so true so I I guess like like at the base uniqueness is is like my belief um But from there, I mean, my personal approach and the approach that I, I help my clients like learn to take is goes back to the, what I mentioned earlier when we were chatting about like connecting with how you want to feel. So I, I always like ask myself, like, how do I want to feel in my, like, how do I want to feel in my body? Do I need energy? Do I want to feel light? Do I want to feel a little bit more satisfied? Do I want something like heartier? Like how, how do I want to feel in my body? And what are the choices that I can make today in terms of food and movement to help me feel that way? And so it's really like all comes back to that for me. And when I'm eating in a way that makes me feel the way that, um, the way that I want to feel, there's like a lot of flexibility in that. So sometimes it's like, oh, I want to, I want to feel connected and I want to feel fun. Okay, cool. Like I'll go get a donut with a friend. Mm -hmm. Like, so I feel like within that, within that approach, like listening to my body, asking my body what it, like what it needs, what it needs more of, what it needs less of, how I want to feel and what's going to get me closer to that. I'm able to like live a life that also makes me really happy. So of course, like our bodies are designed to want to feel good and Mm -hmm. to crave balance and to heal themselves. So the majority of the time, like my body asks for like whole foods. So fruits and vegetables and, you know, like salmon and eggs and quinoa and stuff like that. And then like sometimes it asks for a donut and yeah. I, I sometimes you just need to a donut. Right. Totally. And I, I've learned how to have a relationship with all foods 
that allow me to like feel good when I eat that food. So I know how to, I used to think like, oh, donuts make me sick. Well, no, eating a 10 donuts makes me sick. Like, because I would say like, oh no, you're not allowed to eat donuts. Donuts are bad. And then of course, because they were off limits, I wanted to binge eat them because I felt like I was getting away with something and I was like Mm -hmm. breaking a rule and I was trying to eat all the donuts so that the next day I could feel like I could be good again. So by legalizing all food, um, with, in, in my opinion, like with the exception of food allergies and, and things like that, like legalizing all food and making them all morally equal, like I'm not a good or a bad person like based on my food choices, then I'm able to go in without like certain emotional attachments or hangups and can like make the choice that feels best for me. It's like we all need to throw away the old baggage because so many of us grew up identifying things as good or bad. Well, we're started mm-hmm. from even like your parents, like yeah. vegetables, yep. you can't have dessert until like they're, I mean, it's not meant, I'm sure when they do that, they just, if kids were given the choice to eat whatever they want, eat whatever they wanted to, they'd have like, you know, lollipops every day, all day, forever. <laughs> but I mean, we have those rules set up from such a young age and then we manifest them into weird things as we get older and have yeah. different mm-hmm. situations. Yeah, absolutely. I think this theme that just keeps coming up is when you listen to your body, it will tell you what it needs. And sometimes it needs a donut. Yeah. Sometimes it needs a donut. Yeah. And I found that most of the time, it's like what you said to me, You, it's calling for these whole and healthy foods. And sometimes it's calling for dark chocolate and that's okay. <laughs> like I can do that mm-hmm. too. Totally. And I mean, I just, I think of like food and movement, like as forms of self-care, like ways that we take care of ourselves. So it's, I always want to have like a loving, gentle intention behind that, like behind everything that I do. So it's like if something, I I don't, I try never to come from a place of like trying to fix myself. Like if I'm making a choice because I'm thinking like, oh, this will fix something, then I know that I need to like rethink before I move forward with that choice. Like, okay, no, you don't, yeah, like you don't have to fix yourself. You just have to take care of yourself. Like, what? what would be like really like nurturing in this moment? How can you take care of yourself? And, and when I'm practicing self-care, like physical, emotional, mental, my relationship with food is so much better because if I'm taking good emotional care of myself, I don't need to abuse food either by restricting or overeating as a way to like emotionally soothe myself or like escape uncomfortable feelings. Um, So that's why I feel like it's, it's so much more than like about the food. Like I can only really have like a healthy intuitive relationship with food when I'm like really putting in the work in all areas of my life. So, so good. True. So true. And it makes it, I don't, it takes so much of the pressure off, I think too, to adopt that kind of mentality mm-hmm. and to, mm-hmm. to say all, not all I have to do is fix myself. Cause that's, that's kind of a loaded thing, but all I have to do is love myself more and like start, taking these steps to practice a more compassionate relationship for myself and, you know, all of that other baggage that I'm facing, it won't melt away forever. I mean, I think when you have that as a part of you, it'll stick around. You just have to know, you know, identify it and then know how to cope. Well, it's like when you think that you need to fix yourself, that means there's something wrong with you and nothing is wrong with any of us. We're We're just all humans on this planet. Yeah. And so I think I love that quote that you said, I'm going to make Zach pull it out and we're going to make it a meme. You don't need to fix yourself. And now I can't remember the last part of it, but it was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of, this is kind of an off, this is off the beaten path a little bit, but I have a reason for asking it. So I, um, Nina tells me that you live in German village or near German village and I'm getting ready to move down there this spring and I'm super excited. Um, I love German village so much. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really, really, so I have never lived anywhere. It's not, I wouldn't call it downtown because I love that it's close to everything, but still like a quiet kind of neighborhood feel, but I've never lived anywhere, um, even remotely close to like a major city. I've always been out quite a bit or from like a corn town. So, but my question was, like, do you have any, I'm looking specifically for gym recommendations, but any (laughs) other recommendations or things to do or things that I should know about German Village? I would love to hear them. Did you say you're looking for a gym recommendation? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, I can tell you all my favorite things in, in German Village. First, I, so 
the fitness loft is like above alchemy and it's a great gym, like in terms of, oh, like if you want to have, I saw a gym, that when I was in, in there. Yeah. It's, it's a really, like, it's a really great, it's a really great gym. They have classes. They have like all the machines. Everybody's really nice, like clean and beautiful. Um, and it's above alchemy. So obviously you can get delicious like smoothie <laughs> bowls when you leave. Nice. But, um, I also, I don't know if you are into like fitness classes that like aren't gym stuff, but I, when I moved to German Village, um, when we, we moved from Chicago, we moved right to German Village. And I um, was talking to someone and they were like, I love taking bar Studio B Wellness. And that's where I take bar classes. And I had never taken a bar class. I was just really into running. And I was, so I decided to just go check it out. And I, like, haven't left them. <laughs> you teach, a, you teach love, there, right? I literally became an instructor. Like, I'm so in love with it. And I love the community. And, like, the women are just so awesome. And a lot of people live in the village and, like, walk to classes there. And it's just that, like, I I love it for the workout, but I love it even more for the community. And so that's in German Village, too. So, I mean, if you want to come work out with me at Studio B, that's where I'll be. <laughs> sure. No, I actually, I have another friend that, um, she goes to Bar 3 and she... I think she works there just like their front desk person right now, but I know she's really interested in certification. Like there's something I've heard about people that do, I've, I've done one bar class. Um, why and, was I not with you? I'm so jealous. I went for free with someone else. I we almost be that went to one in New Albany and then we didn't. Yeah, I don't know I don't what know happened. Like the ticket expired or something, but we've been trying to go to bar for months. Well, and everyone that I know has that same kind of, like they become just obsessed with how great it is. And I love anything mm-hmm. that um, fitness wise, like I think community makes it so much easier to yep. keep doing it. Like agreed. So anything that fosters, like I'm not a big fan of like go to the gym, keep your head down, just do your thing, get out. Like I mean, I've done that. I can still do that. I like to do that if I run on a treadmill or whatever. But um, I've done like hip hop dance before, and I love the sense of that community. Like anything that I've really, really enjoyed and have gone back to regularly, that's kind of the key. Yep, like so, hip hop dance. Yeah, any of those like sculpting classes that we used to go mm-hmm. to. Yeah, there's something about oh, a sense of community so and working and working out that make it so much better. Well, I'll just have to go totally. check it out. I'm um I'll be I'm kind of like in between it's not Marion Village, it's like right in between German Village and Marion Village. But I will reap the benefits of all of the things. I'm super excited. Well, what night do you I teach? I teach Monday night at six. And We're there. I teach Tuesday morning at five forty five AM. Can we do a drop in class on Monday night? Yeah, totally come to a drop-in. You guys, I'm so excited. This is going to be so fun. We might do a drop-in tomorrow or next Monday because (laughs) Monday night and Tuesday night are my go-to classes. Or no, let me rephrase that. Monday night and Tuesday night are my go-to workout nights where I go to a class, if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense. My other days, I try to do something at home. But Monday and Tuesday, it's like, I am free. I'm going to a class and I'm working out with people. Do it. Well, I would love to have you guys come to class. That would be so fun. And also, if you decide to do Tuesday night instead, Nancy, the owner of Studio B, she teaches Tuesday night and she does a, it's a cardio bar class at 6 30. And it's like also a great class. Nice. So the two, yeah. So, I mean, selfishly, like I want you guys to come on Monday night, but if it doesn't work out, Tuesday no, we definitely will come on fun. a Monday night. That sounds so fun. You just have to promise not to laugh at how uncoordinated I am. So we've never, <laughs> well, you just said you've done one bar class. I have never done a bar class. I'm obsessed with yoga. I do that frequently throughout the week, but it's not related at all. Right. So am I going to be totally a mess? No, you guys are going to be naturals. You're not going to be a mess at all. I, I'm so encouraging. You know, when I started taking bar, I was like the most uncoordinated and unflexible like human being on the entire planet. So I'm no and you're an instructor me, now. I can already tell you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so pr- progress. <laughs> okay, well, Sweet. you will see us shortly, I'm sure. Well, now I've got my list of things. Wait. Um, for our Columbus listeners, I just want to talk a little bit more about Columbus for a second. But I love it. What do you love about living in Columbus? Like, do you guys oh want to gosh. stay here for I a while here. or do you guys plan on moving or do you just love the 614? Well, it's funny because we moved, uh, when we moved, uh, back from Chicago, I was like, okay, we'll be in Columbus for like maybe like three years and then we'll probably move somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So I did not think that we would be here long-term. Um, but 
I love Columbus now. We are both pretty obsessed with it. And even though, like, I always try to stay open to opportunities, so I would never say, like, oh, we would never leave or mm-hmm. never move. Um, we definitely don't have any plans to leave or move. And if we ever did have to, like, it would be very sad. But my favorite thing about Columbus is the people. Like, I just yeah. feel like we have the most awesome, wonderful, kind supportive people live in Columbus. And when my friends come to visit, I feel like they say that about everyone that they meet. They're like, everyone here is so nice. And I really, I really think that's true. And as like, as an entrepreneur, this is such a cool place to have Mm -hmm. a business because again, like the supportive environment, like people just, they feel, it feels like they genuinely care about you and what you're doing and what you're passionate about and really welcome you into the community. So community people that is my favorite thing about Columbus um but and then like from there I just feel like so many awesome things are happening here because of like the community I feel like people are really empowered to like start their own things and there's like amazing businesses and I feel like the health and wellness scene is like really growing here so Mm -hmm. there's like new and amazing restaurants and workout classes and I don't know. I, I love all of that. And like German Village specifically, I'm just a huge fan it's of so like walk, the walkability of yeah. it. Yeah. And like everyone's got their dogs out and it's just, I don't know. I feel like it's a really magical place to live. So I, yeah, I'm totally obsessed with it. Although I'm not like, I'm not a, it's not that I'm anti-Buckeyes, but I'm not like a Buckeye fan. So oh my gosh, I don't really we're, get it. we're yeah. meant to be friends, yeah. the three of us. It's not like... Are you guys not either? No, like it's so... We've never... We've never shared this on the podcast, but we both love Columbus with all of our heart, but and we're not like, yay, OSU. I don't mind OSU. No. I don't mind it at all. Here's, I just am not a fan. Here's my thing. <laughs> yeah. Of the I, football team. That's right. what I'm saying. No, my my thing is Agreed. like, I live here and I understand it's like, like in small talk, it's like, how about them Buckeyes? Like, so I pay <laughs> attention. Like one time my mom was like, when did you start like caring about sports and I was like no no I don't (laughs) I just know what's going on so that I can like continue the conversation obviously like I want them to win me too but I'm not like man let's talk about how that defense really blah blah (laughs) like that's just not who I am so (laughs) and I get kind of like people that are obnoxiously like in your face about it and that's all they care about I'm like I mean I guess they can do them but that's just not my my way of life (laughs) I am with you 100, 100%. <laughs> I actually love football Saturdays because my husband and I are like, oh my God, we can go anywhere in the city that yes. we want to. And like, we can get like a table at any restaurant. Like we can do anything we want. We feel like we like own the, like we own the town for a few hours. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Now we're going to get lots of hate mail. I know. No, <laughs> I know. Columbus listeners, we all appreciate the Buckeyes. I just don't like flip on my TV and have to watch a game and put my jersey on. That's the only thing. Yes, agreed. I'm not like bashing the Buckeyes. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, I'm just saying that I, I, it's not, but I mean, sports in general, that's the thing. It's not just the Buckeyes. I'm just not like a big sports fan. So, exactly. um, That's, I felt like I needed to, I I feel like it's important to like confess that for some reason when people ask if I love Columbus. I'm like, I do. But, but I'm not like a big sports fan. Because so it's, completely it's completely tied. It's completely tied together well, in people's minds. Yeah, because when I say I'm from Columbus, all those Buckeyes. I know. You know and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there's lots of other stuff to do. So, <laughs> you know, bringing totally. it all together, everybody come visit us in Columbus because it's great. Yeah. So let's all get yeah. coffee. <laughs> I have to ask my very favorite question before we wrap up. And that is... Do you have any specific morning and evening routines that you cannot live without? And I ask this selfishly because I just like to steal people's ideas and try them out for myself. Oh my gosh. Well, it's a funny question right now because the morning routine that I can't live without right now is like pumping as soon as I wake up. (laughs) We can't do that one. (laughs) It's probably not something that you're going to like, no need to like pick up that, pick up that, but not for a while. That's for sure. No. I, um, I get up, I make coffee right away and I like morning time is like a big family time for us right now. Mm. So we spend like an hour and a half all together. If it's not super cold out, we go for a walk, um, around Schiller Park. If it is super cold out, we just like snuggle up on the couch and hang out for an hour and a half. So it's really like just get up and start hanging out with my family right away. Like 
that's that's my very low key morning routine, except on the morning that I teach bar. And um, evening routine, it's pretty similar. We like I get into pajamas, wash my face, put my hair up, and then we all like get into bed. My husband. Osh and our two dogs and just have like another like hour, hour and a half of family time. Like sometimes we read, sometimes we just chat. And so I just like to start and end my day like all together. I so really, sweet. really love that. And I also feel like I know who you're talking about because your Instagram is amazing. And you always post oh, the cutest you. pictures of Osh and of your dogs. And of course of your husband as well. But I just love the, the little baby. baby and the dogs. Yeah, baby and dog pictures always just grab at my heart because we also have dogs that are our children right now. Mm-hmm. And they're my favorite. Um, Just so you know, everyone told me when we were having Osh that like, they're like, oh, you guys are so obsessed with your dogs. Just wait till you have your baby. Like you That's will, what everyone says to me too. Like, no, that is not true. <laughs> You're going to love your dogs I, forever and always. Yes. I love them just as, like, I love them just as much as I did before. Like we're just as obsessed with them as we were before. And they are like equally as much a part of our family. And like we tell, we like, when we talk to Osh, we're like, oh yeah, that's cute. Like we refer to them as his brother. Oh yeah. So I'm totally like, going to do that. Super Future me. <laughs> I tell Jackson all the time, I'm like, Jackson, this is my dog, obviously. But I'm like, Jackson, I don't know how I'm ever going to love anybody more than you. And then Cody's like, don't say that. And I was like, I'm sure I will. But right now, Jackson is my my main squeeze. Totally. I just always think like, if you like, if you're, you have such a heart for like your dogs and like can love them so much, then it just means that like, you'll also be able to do that with humans too. Like if, I think it's just a, I think it's a, a good sign and I don't think it means that like, oh, someday someone else is going to like replace the love that you have for your dog. But right, yeah. That, it wasn't true for us. I I wanted to like call back like everyone who said that to me and be like, you lied. You, that's not true. Why would you tell me that? <laughs> it makes me feel very happy that I know the love for, for Jackson is going to reign strong. If only our it dogs totally could be best will. friends, Nina. I know they hate each other. <laughs> no, my dog. Do they really? Well, my dog. He's, he's an particular. old soul. He's an old soul, and like he's so nice, and he's such a people person. But when it comes to young hyper dogs, Jackson's like, uh, uh-uh. uh, he's just not about it. And Kobe is like, <laughs> like puppy to the max. Yeah. Still. Yeah, he is. Like all up in your face, wants to look every second. And Jackson like, just has to give him a little growl. growl. Yeah. Once oh in a my while. Gosh, that's so that's so cute. It sounds like literally the two dogs living in our house. Really? They like <laughs> live under the same roof. Yes. Harrison's just like, oh, I can't believe you. I still can't believe you guys brought this like monster into our house. He's so like he's such a rabble rouser. <laughs> he gives into everything. Like didn't one of them not the coffee? He's always trying to kiss me. Yes. Harrison, on your rug. He drinks coffee. He drinks coffee. That's how he knocked it. Really? He's like, yes, he's like so sophisticated and such an old man that like he literally drinks coffee. (laughs) Is it weird that I know these things from your Insta story? This is just normal, right? This is normal now. Okay. This is the world we live in. This is like real life in 2017. We keep hearing (laughs) that we need to do Insta stories and I'm just scared. Like I've never done one before. And Liz, have you ever done one before? Yeah. And so... We've never, and we also have been told that we need to do live streaming of the podcast, which means we'd have to put makeup on, yeah. um, which we're that not sure be, about. No, 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 no. You should do it like, you, like, I feel like Insta stories is like raw. It's like, no, this is like how real life is. So like no makeup, just be like, this is us, we're in our pajamas. Like, That's so true. Happening. That's so true. We'll I just don't do know where it. to start. I don't know what to, like, people might not think I'm interesting. What do I film? I mean, if they think you're well, interesting enough to listen to you, they would think you're interesting <laughs> yeah. enough to watch on Instagram. Maybe. Exactly. If they're following you on Instagram, like they're listening to your podcast, they totally think you're in, you're interesting. And I feel like the podcast, like you guys would translate so well to instant stories just because obviously like you're great at hosting your podcast. Oh, and I thanks. think it would, I think it would translate really well. Maybe we'll just, try like, it out. Let's do some like, research. Really be like, this is, I mean, that's all I do. I'm like, this is, I'm at another coffee shop. Oh, look, I'm at another coffee shop. Oh, all I do is <laughs> still drink at coffee. coffee shops. Another coffee shop. yeah. Mine would be like <laughs> teaching choirs, still teaching choirs, still singing. Now I'm playing piano. Oh, now I'm talking to Jackson. That's like my story. <laughs> See, that seems, that sounds more interesting than my like coffee shop. Like, <laughs> I love the coffee My shops. Coffee I shop love all story. the coffee shop posts. <laughs> Do you go to Stoffs in German Village? Yeah, I, Stoffs is such a good place to work. And I recently, so I'm 
I recently discovered Winans, and I'm also like obsessed with working there too. It's so it's so great. I have like my favorite coffee drink at like all the different German village like coffee shops, and I like will only order that one thing like if I'm there. <laughs> I might bump into you because so my husband and I both work from home, so I'm a coffee shop frequenter, just not in German village. Actually, I have gone to the German village softs before, but I I've gone to Grandview too and some other places. But now that I'm gonna live down there, I'll probably we'll probably just be in like a similar mm-hmm. rotation. I'll be like, hey, Simi, what's up? <laughs> I kind of have just it, been. Well, we should work together. We should yeah. have a work date together sometime. That'd be great. You'd be like, Liz, why are you listening to your headphones and not talking to anybody? And I'd be like, because I have ADD and get really distracted. That's my favorite thing about you when you have to zone in on one thing for a very long time. And I've been talking to you for like five minutes and then you look up at me and you're like, what? what? <laughs> she does that all that the time. Hilarious. I'll be like telling her all these important things about the podcast, not realizing she's just completely not paying attention to me. <laughs> but I love you all the same. Oh, goodness. Um, I love it. So in closing, first of all, thank you so, so, so much for coming on the podcast. I really have been, you were one of our first people I asked to be on the show. And it was just really, really exciting to me when we finally picked a date and we were finally able to get the recording to happen. So I'm so happy that you joined us. Thank you so much for having me, guys. This is really, really fun and special. And I'm so happy to have connected and also like live in the same city. So yeah. We <laughs> now we can actually talk in person and not just over recording. Yay. <laughs> I love that. Where can our listeners find you? Whether they want a health coach or they just want to follow your blog, um, tell them where they can find out a little bit more about you. My website is com and my Instagram handle is at SimiBodich. So those are two great places to find me. Wonderful. We will send people that way. Definitely please go check her out because we've liked what we've seen. Lots of really great information and resources there and just cute dog and baby pictures. I was going to say, you all already know that I love watching her Instagram stories. So hop on over and check her out. So a big special thanks to Simi. We had so much fun talking to her. Seriously, it felt like she was just another arm of the podcast and that she fit right in. So please go check her out. As she mentioned on her website and on Insta, they're great places to follow. You can also check out those places for us. We have our website, wineandshinepodcast.com. Feel free to send any ideas for topics or just feedback or comments, anything to our email at wineandshinepodcast at gmail.com. We also have our Instagram, which is currently storyless, but may have stories soon as we alluded to. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got our Facebook page. And of course, obviously the podcast, please subscribe, um, give us the rating, let us know what you think, good or bad. We love feedback. Want to know how we can be better for you, give you the content that you want. So make sure you go give us that little virtual high five and we will talk to you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.